All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited uh, for my guest today and having her on. I'm glad she was able to carve out some time. Erin uh, Gudvie, SVP of Strategy and Initiatives at Care Credit. Care Credit does some really interesting, phenomenal things in health and uh, finance and the intersection. But Erin um, is leading a, a huge charge over there. I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'm really excited to have her, have her on the show. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much. I, I love the whole premise of the show, so I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. So thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, well, no, thank you. And thank you for, for your presence. Thank you for, for peeling off time to do this. And, you know, you, you're, you're in a really interesting spot. It's a phenomenal time in healthcare, as you know. And uh, so really excited about what, what you've done and what you're doing. But I guess take us back, maybe teleport us mm-hmm. back to where it all started and uh, tell us a little bit about your origin story and, and what led you to become the person you are today. Sure, sure. So mm-hmm. my background is actually in technology. So my degree is in computer science and uh, management information systems. And, and I think about how I got there. Um, I, I think about, you know, I was born and raised in um, South Dartmouth, Massachusetts, and both my parents were public school teachers. And um, early mm. in uh, those years, and I'd say, uh, I'll leave it very vague, but again, early in my middle school years, my father was at the high school. And he um, had a colleague and a very good friend at the high school who was just um, putting together the new computer lab. And again, back in that time, right, technology wasn't really a, uh, a far-reaching thing like it is today. And so that was something so critically important to the school system. But he really wanted to work out some of the kinks with the material for the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so my dad signed me up. Um, as good parents did back then, they didn't ask questions like, Hey, would you <laughs> be interested in this? I'm not right. quite sure what I would have said, but, you know, sign me up for a three, four week program to learn how to code. Uh-huh. And so I, yeah, so I took that, um, in those early days and, and literally fell in love with it. And mm. I think about that moment and I, I think I give my parents credit for just kind of pushing me in, but it really unlocks something that I have been passionate about ever since that time. And I can, mm vividly remember sitting in that classroom during that summer programming, um, making that triangle kind of bounce off the screen and and make it move uh, through programming language. You know, even uh, programming and and anybody who might be listening who probably started that way, you know, your first program was to to convert Fahrenheit to Celsius and and back and forth. And, And so just having those um, experiences early on really um, gave me this love for learning, but also a love for this this technology thing that was really growing at the time. And so I directed all of my learning, whether it be in high school and college, um, really towards technology through coding, um, software development. And so that's where that passion really started and why mm. I, I really chose a path for computer science. And so I think I fast forward for a minute to today. And, you know, we all hear about these fantastic programs across the nation, like Girls Who Code. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about that moment for me back in the early 80s. I'm so proud of those programs um, that are happening now because it's really about exposure. And so I had the opportunity because my my dad knew somebody, um, but giving those uh, young adults uh, an opportunity to explore and figure out what makes them 
um, excited um, to learn and, it, and, you know, ends up becoming a passion. So I think about where I am today, and that mm-hmm. really is the crux of kind of how things started. And so, I love it. Um, yeah, so I, you know, my first job out of college was with AT&T. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, early 90s at the time, uh, pretty big organization, really focused, you know, they had a Bell Labs program, which is really well known at the time. A lot of R&D, a lot of computer science coming out of that. Um, but the other thing happening, though, if you think about back in the early 90s, is there was a big disconnect between technology people and business people. And so the technology people grew up with a passion of coding and software development. And the business people came through school with the practical pieces about learning their discipline, whether it be marketing or finance. Um, but very rarely did you see the technology and business people working really well together back in those days. Right. Often, you know, it was just a difficult, more conflict and, and lack of understanding between those two groups. And so as many of my peers at that time were going back for a master's in computer science, furthering kind of their technical understanding, what I felt I needed my gap at the moment during then was really understanding perspectives of the end consumers who were using these technology products, mm-hmm. um, these new business processes that we were evolving from very manual to now automated. And so I went back for my MBA and I focused in on finance because at the time I was really supporting a lot of financial groups. And so that's where I felt I became a better partner uh, to the communities for which you know I was doing software development by having their perspectives and really developing, you know, robust systems or evolving their processes um, by having a bit of their world and understanding of what they're trying to achieve and be able to have good conversations mm-hmm. and, and really take in their perspectives so that we could, you know, meet uh, the demand and meet their need. And so I feel like that piece there is something that I still do today in terms of understanding perspectives and thinking about how we can match them uh, through technology, um, through automation, and really making sure that we understand uh, the behavior that's needed um, to support or, all, you know, again, just through usage, whether it be the end consumer or a business consumer, um, those perspectives, I think, are really important. Uh, mm-hmm. And so... That's, those are those pieces that early on, um, you know, you discover and then you continue to layer in those learnings um, as you go through your career. Mm-hmm. Aaron, I, you know, I, I love it. Uh, I, I love the blend of your background and, and the passions and, and experience that you've blended, you know, from, from programming to, you know, creation and obviously coding and programming, as you and I know, you know, is, is this foundation of giving giving an opportunity to, to create, you know, functional things around people. And then obviously you're blending out with an, an interesting perspective on, on empathy. And now you're doing that at scale, uh, you know, where you're currently at impacting a lot of lives. You're doing this in this intersection of, of, of healthcare and finance. It's, it's, it's gotta be extremely rewarding, you know, to see the impact that you've had and, and, you know, continue to have. And I, I guess, Aaron, uh, along those lines, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about, health and how you think about health today and you know what has you most passionate about about health and obviously we're living in a world where technology products coded products 
that interface with consumers and center around their needs, uh, as you know, mm-hmm. has, as you're saying here, you know, has a tremendous uh, impact. So I love to hear about, about how you think of health, the impact of health, what has your fixation in health? Uh, just love, mm-hmm. to, love to listen. Yeah. So, you know, just, you know, I think, you know, I've been really focused on healthcare for only two years. And I think Anthony probably, for the folks that you're, you know, working with or interviewing, they probably have a, a lot of significant experience, industry experience um, that they bring to the table. And so for me, I'm, I'm in this discovery mode and I am really trying to, to really dig in and understand different perspectives of the, you know, whether what's happening from a trend or externally, or even just what's happening within the provider community or within our patients. But I think, you know, ha- having spent some time, I think what's really um, interesting at this point is is really understanding or really rethinking the patient um, as a consumer and mm-hmm. this evolution that's taking place. And when you shift that thinking, um, everything else needs to shift in concert with that. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I think the, the things that draw my attention most as I look and understand the side um, of, of healthcare is really thinking about um, making sure we're giving people more ways to access and pay for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think about the environment, even the environment I was in, um, I had a small uh, consulting firm uh, before joining this company and, you know, had paid for um, my own premium, uh, it, which was a HMO policy, and then moving into a high deductible plan, that was only six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's not very long ago. And I'm sure there are so many Americans who are in that, that position of really resetting expectations of what's happening within healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, now they're becoming these consumer entities, um, and they want different things from us and they want, you know, they want transparency and, and who can blame them for wanting that? Um, because if they're going to now, you know, be a part of um, that healthcare expense and, and take mm-hmm. part and, and have that responsibility, they're going to want to know how much is this going to cost me? And they're going to want to know that before they get the care um, that mm-hmm. they're getting. And that just hasn't been, as we all know, um, something that's been table stakes um, for for quite some time. And so evolving um, this healthcare space to be able to share in that transparency, I think is super important so that consumers have the ability to shop, but have the ability to make sure they're getting quality care, um, staying within network in certain cases and, and making sure they're making the right decisions, but informing them. Um, and I think that the, the second piece to that is while you give transparency, the, the component of affordability has to come into play. You know, how, how am I going to pay for this is really the next question. Because if you're now faced with um, a, a treatment plan that's a necessity, it might mm-hmm. not be critical or urgent, but it's something that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you then af- afford to get that care that you need when right. you know you have an expense? And, right. um, and, and that's just a challenge. It's a challenge for so many folks. Um, but to me, the passion is around making sure that we provide that transparency and then matching that with options so that Mm -hmm. folks can really get, um, the treatment, um, and not either not have that treatment or only get a partial or only work towards only half a treatment plan. 
um, as a result of afford, you know affordability being a barrier to care. Mm, mm. Yeah, Erin, this is you know it's powerful what you're you're doing, you know, and and I'm right there with you on uh, you know providing these options. I mean, you and I probably personally know, and, and as you mentioned, experience that I've experienced it as well as this rationalization when you have to do something medical or health related for yourself, there's a cost to it. Mm -hmm. You don't have options and the decision that you make and how you think about it, whether it's a real effect or a real net effect or not, uh, it has a ripple. It has a domino effect, positive or negative in your own life or for, for your friends and family around. And, you know, sometimes when you're younger, obviously these things don't really have too much of a ramification, but you know, God forbid, I mean, just, you know, we've been speaking here for about, what, 15 minutes and probably around the U.S. alone, you know, there's probably at least 40,000 people that have rationalized not to opt into a procedure mm -hmm. for the reasons, right? No transparent mm -hmm. options, no ways to pay for it. Uh, I'll defer this. I'll figure it out later. I'm I'm living right now. I should, I should be fine, right? And right. that doesn't have to happen in this modern world with technology and options and and, and everything. So it's a blessing what you guys are, are, are doing in the market, have, have built in the market and, and continue to grow, Aaron. So it's, it's super exciting to see. Um, what else are you excited about? What else are you excited about when it comes to health and kind of what you're enabling here? Uh, mm -hmm. You're touching so many different facets, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, certain procedures that you're, you guys are mm -hmm. focused on, you know, and, and, and touching chronic episodic. Now I can imagine you're but I'd love to hear about some of the other things in sure. health that you're you're excited about supporting and um, y you know in your efforts. Yeah, and I think you know consumers is really one part of the equation. I think the other right. side of the equation we have to help and enable is our provider community. If you think mm. if you think about it, they spent decades building mm. um, infrastructure and systems and processes really aimed at collecting from an insurance company. We know how complicated and challenging that can be. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've built incredible, you know, workforces with talent and, and systems and technology really geared towards that. And, and there's a vendor community that can support them with that. Mm -hmm. um, but now again, with the rise of what the consumer needs, and now that they share that patient responsibility, um, you know, providers also need support and new tools and new ways mm -hmm. of working um, to be able to address um, the receivables coming from a consumer which is much different than, you know, a, a B2B, a business-to-business transaction. Mm -hmm. And so I think that to really help and enable is really helping both the consumer and the provider community. And I think you really need programs and, and, and things really aimed at both. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, again, it's, it's understanding their perspectives of what's, uh, what's the challenge. Um, and, you know, you and I both know, I mean, uh, in this, in this healthcare landscape, consolidation is happening. Um, and while there are large enterprises forming uh, throughout the nation, um, they're still fragmented within, in, you know, inside. And so being able to right. really tie together a, a patient experience is something that should be top of mind for all of us. Um, and that's hard to do. And we recognize that um, in the, in the provider community, but it's tough to do, but it's something that we all have to aspire to really making sure that we're improving this uh, financial experience, but just patient experience in general mm -hmm. um, throughout every piece from scheduling, you know, um, through getting the appointment, through parking, through interactions with technology, all the way through to collecting that final payment. Um, that whole experience has to 
um, really work for our consumer and our provider com- community. We need to support them through that journey of building mm-hmm. out those new customer experiences that are going to matter, um, mm-hmm. that are going to drive loyalty back to that health system. Um, I just think there's a lot of opportunity. I'm, ex- I'm excited to be a part of um, companies who are thinking about these solutions and trying mm-hmm. to help. Because to your point earlier, this is all going to drive to a healthier individual, um, right. giving them the opportunity to get the care that they need and want right now um, is going to drive um, those outcomes in, in a much more positive direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, Aaron. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I believe, you know, I believe well-being is everything. And, you know, and almost for one's well-being, you can't really even put a dollar amount on it. But, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're really talking about you know, tremendous opportunities, you know, to never have finances be a barrier, right, to right. getting the right care that you need, which, which is uh, almost like a common sense. It's almost feels like it's, a, it's coded our DNA to think that way and to be that way. But somehow, right. our, the way the fragmentation transpired in the market, we were a service based model for so many decades, right. And mm-hmm. the blessing is we're in we're moving to this value based world. And and to your point, the provider and payers still fragmented, but they're they're, they're coming together. There's there's barriers being broken down, and you mm-hmm. know at the end of the day, yeah, I'm right there with you too. It's like we need to treat that consumer, that person, that human being as they are a human being, and have these options available to them. Whether they are an employee, everyone's an employee or patient in some regard throughout their life, right? But it's everyone. Mm-hmm. The commonality of it all is everyone's a human being. And um, I, I guess along those lines of some of the things you're mentioning here about some of the optimistic things that you're seeing and where we're going, tell me a little bit about your vision of health in the future. Uh, tell me, tell me about the, the 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 future of health according to Aaron and the the, the, mm-hmm. the future we're marching towards. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. So you know, I I feel that it really is going to be centered around this patient centric experience. Mm-hmm. at every touch point where there's clarity. Um, I think for the patient, there's just so much to be thinking about from a clinical perspective that the financial side, we have to make a bit easier in terms of, again, the transparency components, but also the interactions throughout their care journey. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's really this patient-centric experience that's not just about the clinical care aspects, but the whole experience um, that a, you know, a patient, um, really partakes in. And I think that how we get there is really, um, harnessing data. And, and, and that's what I'm excited about in terms of, you know, companies really focused around, um, the, the data aspects and understanding and making this more personal for that individual, um, Mm -hmm. and really understanding them, um, through this journey so that, you know, you know they're they're going to be positive through it, but also their their health outcomes are going to um, have a, an incredible positive effect in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think it, the other the other piece is when you think about um, it's a difficult thing to have a financial conversation about the affordability, right? Because that's a new conversation we're having versus mm-hmm. what I described six years ago when that wasn't really a conversation that our provider community needed to have with us. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to have ways of helping the community really get through that type of conversation. And and I think there are some incredible tools out there uh, today with, you know, Simply or an MD Save or Loyal even where they're really thinking about that experience and really driving 
towards that patient centricity model um, mm-hmm. and really gathering that touch point. Um, I, I just think there's more to come in this space, uh, patient focused systems. Um, and I'm really excited to, to see that evolve right. and, and hopefully be part of the solution. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, what's exciting to me. And that's what I think what we have to look forward to. I love it. I love it, Aaron. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, what's happening in this market, you know, solutions like yours and, and, and what you're doing in, in your leadership and what that's bringing to the market and, you know, closing this gap and you compound that with, you know, fragmentation dwindling down between the providers and payers and opportunities to get to that consumer more efficiently. And so, you know, the efforts that you're doing, the projects, the initiatives and, and products that you continue to roll out, you know, get, just have this opportunity to, to you know, disseminate faster and, and compound uh, mm-hmm. faster out in the market and, and really give, you know, ideally a human being, you know, zero, zero, zero opportunity to, to, you know, point to finances as a, as a one barrier to being that optimal well-being. And so it's, uh, it's exciting here. I really appreciate what you're doing here. And so a couple of things, uh, really mm-hmm. appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, uh, what you're focused on, uh, you know, today, and also, you know, the, the vision of health that you're ushering in with, with your, with your work in the, in the future. So I really appreciate it. Uh, I promise just one last question for you is, uh, from a social media perspective or direct contact perspective, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, what would be a great way to do so? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. So there as well. And, um, you know, happy to, to have discussions and, and talk with folks and you know that's probably the best way to reach me great great well Aaron definitely we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes and you know as you work on further things and, and you know go through the year and next year obviously love to have you back and share what you're seeing in the market share what you guys are doing um, but I just wanted to say this was great having you on and it was it was phenomenal to hear your story and your and about your work great thank you Anthony thanks again for having me on today thank you so much really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron.